Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. For what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I don't know if you've been to Israel or not, Jerusalem. Anybody else? Anybody out there been to Jerusalem? To the wall? Have you been there, Sam? The Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, be the uh, politically correct name. I don't think Wailing's too crazy, and the idea is if you've been there, have been to this wall, it's the last remnant of the Temple Mount, where the temple was in Jesus' day, the temple he's talking about today. And it kind of gets called the Wailing Wall, not by the Jews that go there, but by people kind of observing. They're wailing, crying, praying. You probably know this story, right? They put prayers in the walls as one practice. And, but basically just kind of mourning and maybe hoping in front of this Temple Mount because that's all that is left of old Jerusalem in a sense and especially the temple that, that's it and so they go there in this sort of sadness of loss how the whole thing just came down and some go there with a little hope and the question for you is what wailing wall do you have that's crumbled and ruined and yet, we still have hope in it, <laughs> cling to it. And today's gospel lesson, uh, I, I just love this piece here, chapter 21. It's sad that uh, I should have had the first part of 21 put in here because they really go together. Jesus and the disciples are hanging out at the temple. Um, and uh, this is where Jesus is watching one thing while the disciples are and everybody else is watching something else so everybody else is going there and they're giving their offering at the temple and they're adoring the beauty of it and they're watching the pharisees especially who are giving generously to the temple putting in large coins you know and they have flowing robes and Everyone's looking at these guys and noting who's successful or more successful, etc., generous. What was Jesus looking at when he was in the temple? Was he looking at the stones? Was he looking at the beauty of the architecture? Was he looking at the, the great good works of the Pharisees? What was he looking at? He was watching this poor widow who gave everything right? And he notes, forget those guys. This woman believes and is able to give all that she had. doesn't matter how much you give. She's given it all. Why? Because she trusts that God provides. We love staring at the big buildings and the glorious things in the world. Jesus loves looking at the little things and the little people and the poor and the hurting and the weak. 
And so Jesus leaves there, making it really clear to his disciples what he appreciates and what he sees, the nobodies. And as they're walking back, they're probably going down, they might be going down the Kidron uh, Valley, if I remember right. Uh, they're kind of looking back and you're seeing this incredible, glorious building and the disciples didn't hear a thing Jesus was saying and so they point up to that building, right, and note how the temple was adorned and the beautiful stones and the, the gifts dedicated to God and how beautiful that building is. <laughs> Staring at these large things made by man. And God told them to make the design. So there's nothing wrong with doing that, but that's what they're focused on. And Jesus says, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. It's all coming down. So all the stuff that you love, all these things you think are beautiful and all these things you just hold precious, it's all going to crumble. And then Christ, they ask him, well, when are these things going to happen? This destruction, this ultimate destruction, the end of the world, if you will. And he goes on to tell them. And uh, gives, and we'll talk about this actually downstairs as well, more detail what these things are. But he concludes by saying this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything's going to crumble. Everything's going to fall apart. Everything is coming down except for what? Jesus' words, his promises. So if you're going to invest in anything in your life, it needs to be, it should be, his beautiful, precious words of forgiveness, of resurrection, of life. Because everything else falls apart. And it's coming down. As you think about this, what is your wailing wall? What are you just kind of looking at? What do you put your hopes and dreams in? Is it your, your job, right? Your career, getting up the ladder, doing well? Is it your nice home? And that's sort of, that's the, your sense of safety and peace comes from the fact that you are financially sound and uh, you got a good place and things are good. Is, is it that? Because that's all going to, you're not going to have that forever. You, you need to know this, right? Or maybe it is your family. I remember when, you're, when I was younger and uh, the little, my little kids and... It's a beautiful little world of a father and mother and two young boys. And they grow up. <laughs> and they go. If your hope and your dreams are in something like that, that we're just going to have this cozy little family, that changes. Not only that, with illness and sin, things fall apart. I don't know what your wailing wall is. We all have one. 
Or even though we know it's crumbling and we know it doesn't last, we cry to it and we cling to it instead of Jesus' words. And this is a lesson for parents. What are you giving your kids that cannot be broken? They won't be taken away and last forever. Are you making sure your kids have those things? The words of Christ. So as you raise them up and you give them all the skills you can and you give them all the talents and, the, and you take care of them and you're so happy. They go on to college. They get a great job. But when they fail at that job and when their marriage might fail and when things go bad in their life because of their sin or others or when death comes, they have something that you gave them. It's a rock that does not crumble. The promises of Christ that they are forgiven and they'll rise again. I say this because myself as a parent, we forget our priorities in raising our kids and what they really need. Not just a peripheral understanding, oh, God loves me, but a rich, deep love of God's word and knowledge of that word. Because that will survive every pitfall they come through. What's your wailing wall? Jesus speaks these words. He talks about destruction a lot. I know we want Jesus to always be happy and cheery. But he talks about destruction a lot. And the reason is, to become a Christian means... Not just to gain something means also to lose something, to let things go. And it's really for our good. It's a great, uh, uh, just reading, I know everybody knows this story, but Beethoven, it just blows my mind um, that what I would say, I mean, just, you know, obviously genius, composer, beautiful music, loses his hearing and, and this man makes his money off his music. His whole life was that. That was his temple, was his music. His popularity, his ability to walk in social circles and make money, let alone his own absolute joy, purpose of life. And by the time he's 30, he's deaf. He has to hide it because he feels, he knows that if people realize this, he's not going to get hired, etc. And he loses the very essence of who he is. Or so he thought was his essence. And you'd think that would be it. And yet after he goes deaf, he actually gets better. And the compositions are deeper. And grander. I mean, he does Moonlight Sonata after he's deaf. That's what the Lord does. May God, maybe it's hard to say this, but sometimes tough times happen to us and things are taken from us because God loves us. And He might actually be doing some pruning so that you can place that hope and that peace upon His Word. May he do that to us. So this Jesus leaves here. 
And not too long after chapter 21, he's in Jerusalem. And where does Jesus end up? After he tells them that everything's coming down, Christ allows himself to come down because he is the temple. And there he died for you and for me, backing up those words that he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You can trust it as we saw him die for you. He means that when he says you're forgiven, you got to believe that now. And then three days later, that temple that was destroyed on the cross is raised up. Jesus Christ, who is our temple. He is our place to go. He is the one who never dies, whose words, just like he says, will never pass away. And he proves it by rising again. In 70 AD, guess what happened? Just as Christ predicts, Jerusalem is absolutely leveled. Never to go up again. (laughs) The temple still down. Because we've been given a greater temple in Jesus Christ. May he be your hope. May he be your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.